0: Welcome to another edition of the Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
1: Good afternoon to you. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today. The Monday edition of the Ride Home. And um, I woke up this morning, uh, and I really—you ever do this? You wake up and you're unsure what day it is. You know, like just like an internal calendar. And I kind of struggled there for a few seconds. Is today Saturday? You know, of course, that's like always your default. You're hoping it's Saturday. Is it Sunday? And then I, I kind of did settle. It, it is Monday. But it is Monday. And uh, glad that you're here with us. Kath, glad that you're here with us as well.
2: <laughs> sorry. It's no, little, it's okay. I, uh, I I spilled a lot of water in the hallway. Mm. And uh, I'm sorry about that. That's right. It's just water, right? Yeah. When you walk out, you're going to be like, what happened a little, here? A little puddle there. Yeah, I was right. trying to clean it up, and then I thought, well, yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure there's a radio show to do. That's right.
1: Anyway, so I apologize. happy Monday. Thank no, you, John. Different. How That's was your good. weekend? Uh, weekend was excellent. Excellent. Couldn't have been any better. Great. Yeah.
2: It's a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. I um it, I still have that compost bin to set up.
1: <laughs> wait, what happened? I thought you were. Well, I was. I said goodbye to you on Friday. We were like, "Hey,
2: go compost bin." I was. That was Thursday night, actually. So I was going to do it Friday, but yep. then it was cold on mm-hmm. Friday, mm-hmm. and then it was going to be fifty-two or something on Saturday, and I thought, "Well, I'll do it." Sa-, except it poured, mm-hmm. so I couldn't do it Saturday. And today I was really booked up with stuff, and today would have been the perfect day. Mm-hmm. I'm really disappointed about it. All
1: right. So the eggshells can wait.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I just... It's just because of Doug Oster, gardeningwithdoug.com. What do you mean? Who told me that I should start composting immediately when I when he was on the show last and we talked about it. And he said, what are you waiting for? Just do it. Right. And so then I charged ahead is what I did.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Are you surprised or disturbed by that? You... I am a little surprised. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. you're surprised that I charge ahead? Well, I mean, yeah. you've known me for a long time. It shouldn't really be that much of a shock. So
1: when can we expect that to be? <laughs> In the actuality. Well, I don't, you know,
2: look, if I feel like I have to meet your expectations no, no. about it, that's just going to make it worse. Because it's become
1: a thing now, because you know, here's the thing. I have no right to think about your compost, uh, Yeah, but now it's become like part of my life.
2: I, I, right I'm now, just I just yeah. have, I have a pile, mm-hmm. like Doug told me to do. I have like a pile and I'm putting leaves. I have like, you know, half green, half brown. And I, so that's what's happening. Right.
1: Uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, as you're talking, uh, it's also creating a uh, a text to my wife. That <laughs> right, <so> the <laughs> entire show now is being texted to my wife.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, she's going to be really we'll using as
3: evidence in the trial.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in funny. the compost trial. That's she, funny. Now
1: it's part of her life as well. That's funny. And she's
2: thinking, maybe your wife's going to want to start composting.
1: I, maybe she might. Okay. I hope not, <laughs> for all of our sake. Truly, I do. Very nice.
2: I have four news items I'd be well, happy to share. Well, then let's
1: move from the garbage to the trash, right? All right. Without further ado, Kath, but the uh, world keeps on spinning. Uh, please give us the top four at four.
2: For Monday, December 5th, mm-hmm. 2022, getting close to Christmas, people. Mm. Number one. Speed
1: beginning to look a lot like it.
2: It doesn't look anything like it, actually. Two strands of recent Supreme Court jurisprudence clashed today as justices weighed in on whether a website designer's free speech rights entitled her to turn away customers seeking online services for same-sex weddings, despite state law protecting LGBT individuals from discrimination. Mm -hmm. Reading here from uh, the Wall Street Journal. Uh, The Supreme Court in 2015, of course, held that same-sex couples enjoy the same marriage rights as those of opposite sexes, culminating in a line of decisions beginning in the 90s that extended legal equality to LGBTQ Americans. Justice's views in both areas, of course, haven't always reflected the court's sharp ideological divide. We kind of watch that with bated breath. Mm -hmm. We've had uh, Jack Phillips from Masterpiece Cake Shop on the show multiple times talking about his experience um, in dealing with the Supreme Court and what it was like to go through that process. Um, A decision in this case, which is Creative LLC versus Alenis, is expected before July. I
1: can't believe this has gone all the way to the Supreme Court. It has. I mean, You do business who you want to do business with. I I don't understand how that's a thing. I'm not trying to be an an idiot or a jerk about it. Everybody has a choice, right?
2: Well, uh, based on uh, what the Supreme Court has extended and, you know, these uh, new regulations that are going to say that you can, you know, be who you want to be and marry who you want to marry, then. What's the deal? It becomes that issue of discrimination. All right. Okay. Number two. Former President Donald Trump fueled controversy over the weekend, which is something he appears to be very, very good at, suggesting the parts of the U.S. Constitution should face termination. Um, a CBS News correspondent, Robert Costa reports on today's CBS You can read it there. It was, of course, just the latest in a series of words and deeds from Mr. Trump that have Republicans trying to figure out what to do. Trump's. Latest comments, which were issued issued Saturday on Truth Social, that's a media platform, came in response to a report by journalist Matt Taby that showed Twitter employees deliberating back in October of 2020 about how to handle a New York Post article about a laptop belonging to Hunter Biden. Tabby reported that both the Biden campaign and the Trump White House had communicated with Twitter about content on the platform. Trump claimed the conversations between Twitter and political officials had revealed a, quote, massive fraud. So serious that it allows for the termination of all rules, regulations and articles, even those found in the Constitution. By the way, he also called for a redo of the 2020 election. Number three, a new study shows marijuana and hallucinogen use among young adults 19 to 30 years has increased to its highest levels since the late 1980s. No surprise. And as we talked about last week. There's a new study that indicates smoking marijuana may be significantly more harmful to your lungs than smoking cigarettes. Well, today, ABC News shares that between 20 and two, I'm sorry, between 2000 and 2020, reports to poison centers for child and teen marijuana use increased by, wait for it, 245%, according to a new study. Researchers analyzed more than thir- three, I can't say numbers today. Hello. 330,000 reports in the National Poison Data System over the last 20 years and found the increase in marijuana rates was the most of any substance with that large increase between 2017 and 2020. It's become legal. It's, beca- and, we, it's let's just, and it's a great idea. Yep. And that's what John Fetterman's been talking about all this time, and now he gets to talk about it in the Senate. And number four, a 12-year-old baby boy left in a basket on a Garfield doorstop in 1932 has found his long-lost Pittsburgh family. Jim Scott wrote a Christmas wish to connect with his birth family in 2016. For the past six years, he's been putting together the pieces of what most of us take for granted, quote, a family. He's now 90 years old. He lives in Lafayette Hill, which is a little northwest of Philadelphia. And he came to Allegheny County on Saturday with two of his daughters to meet his new relatives and that is your top four at four funny Uh,
1: i read this article it's a fabulous story it sure is they're talking about you owe me 89 years of christmas presents and and cards
4: Mm -hmm. and
2: and birthday greetings
1: and my brother has the same jimmy Durante nose as i do
2: isn't that awesome (laughs) i mean can you believe it no he he was adopted before he can remember it was in 1934 at the age of two he was named after the two cops that picked him up on the doorstep Mm -hmm. and took him there. He said he had a wonderful childhood. His father was twice widowed before raising him as an only child in Crafton. Um, And he said he loved his childhood. He was never neglected. He was always cared for. But as he went along and kind of figured out what was going on in his background, there were all these vacancies and he wanted to know what was up. Anyway, because of Ancestry.com, it all kind of came together. He Found found, found a family, found siblings. I mean, it's You can read all the details of the story in today's trip. I love it so much.
1: All right, we'll take a quick break. Because it's Monday, we go straight to the White House. Greg Clugston from SRN News will join us in a few minutes. It's the ride home. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk on Word FM, 101.5. 101.5
5: Word FM, WORD.
6: What are the two biggest factors to a new believer growing successfully in their walk with God? Pastor Greg Laurie says it's spending time in God's Word and spending time learning directly from a believer who's older in the faith. That's what we'll be discussing this week on A New Beginning. Lessons on walking more
3: closely with the Lord. A new beginning with Greg Laurie. Weekday mornings at 1030 on WORD.
7: Attention. If you owe money to the IRS, this
0: is an urgent message. The IRS is cracking down by sending out heart-stopping letters, aggressively garnishing paychecks, seizing bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. They call it enforced compliance. And you better watch out because penalties and interest on unpaid taxes compound daily, making it seem impossible to ever get out of debt. Don't let the tax debt destroy your life. You need to call Optima Tax Relief, the number one tax resolution firm. They're experts in the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks that the
7: IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands. Optima's resolved over $1 billion of tax debt for their clients. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, they'll fight to get you the best deal possible. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call
8: 800-965-1433. 800 800-965- 965 1433
9: 965 1433 Optima
8: Tax Relief Some restrictions apply for complete details please visit optimataxrelief.com
9: Hi it's me Marsha from the Springhouse how are you Hey take a big whiff Mmm, can you smell it the real hickory wood burning long and slow in our smokehouse to smoke our old fashioned hickory smoked hams Have you ever tried a Springhouse smoked ham the meat is so tender, it falls right off the bone when it comes out of the oven. And the taste, mm a taste of days gone by. A springhouse hickory smoked ham makes a great corporate gift in a big springhouse box with a big red bow on top. Or how about for all those sage folks that remember smoking their own hams as youngsters? Give us a call at 724-228-3339 to order your whole or half hickory smoked ham from the Springhouse. Or check us out on the web at www.springhousemarket.com. And Merry Christmas from all of us at the Springhouse in 84 PA.
7: You're not who you were 25 years ago. Your life's more complex. People change, families change, and the law changes. This is Jay Hegerman of Abernathy & Hegerman and a proper estate plan should keep up with those changes. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer, someone who's really good at making complex concepts sound so simple so you can protect what's yours and to ensure that your will is done. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit
10: a-h.law.
1: We go now to the White House, where Greg Clugston joins us, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, happy Monday to you. Thanks for coming along. Thank you, John, Cathy. Good
0: to be here. Thank you. Pleasure.
2: Uh, Greg, when the president averted the rail strike last week, uh, it was good news for all of us, of course, who want to get you know all of our goodies for Christmas and don't want there to be a you know a major uh, wrench thrown in plans for the holidays. But I was surprised by it. I I just thought you know he was going to be the most pro labor president ever. That's one of the things he said uh, in the election, and I can't imagine how a lot of the country's unions are feeling about what he did.
0: Right. So there are twelve rail unions that had to sign on this. On to this proposed settlement contract deal back in September, eight of the 12 voted in favor of ratifying that contract. Four unions said no. And their main sticking point, their main opposition was that there simply is not uh, paid sick leave for Hmm. workers. I think maybe one day of paid sick leave uh, for an entire year. Yeah. And so that was uh, that was a major sticking point. And four of the 12 unions, a third of them said, look, no, we're not going with that. Well, as we got closer, you know, a couple months went by. We got closer to the uh, the proposed strike deadline, which was going to be this week. And so last week you had the president and you're right. You're right to say, Kathy, that uh, he has uh, endeared himself to be called the, you know, the most pro-union or pro-labor president in U.S. history. But he said to Congress, we need you to intervene. We need you to pass a bill that he would sign into law that would essentially force the unions to accept that deal back in September over the, oppos- over the opposition of those four unions. Now, the president said he was reluctant to do that but felt that th- the greater good of the country in terms of the economy and the flow of supplies and goods and all that uh, simply uh, was, was was more overpowering of a of a need in terms of that even as he says he is in favor of paid sick leave for workers, whether they're rail workers or in any job. But it did create a a very interesting dynamic between the president and unions, and we'll have to see how that uh, relationship uh, changes or doesn't change as as we go forward right now Greg I'm
1: sure you, you, we, we can't dive into this too deeply but you wonder I mean the union people have a union is to protect the worker and to provide you know quality of life how can any union okay just one sick day for 365 days a year it just seems a little incomprehensible
0: Right. Well, when you talk to representatives from those four unions that said no to that deal, they would agree with exactly how you laid that out, John, saying it's it's simply not acceptable. Uh, The thinking from the rest of the union workers or enough of the rest of the union workers to ratify that deal was that, well, OK, we didn't get the paid sick leave time that we're looking for, but we got 24 percent pay raise over however many years and uh, other increased benefits. Uh, including uh, especially that, that pay uh, component. So That's big. the White House argument was that this Biden administration broker deal back in September was better than anything that rail workers had seen in terms of a contract proposal in years, if not ever. So they were just saying, look, we didn't get all the way. We got a lot of the way. And so let's take as much as we can and we'll try to deal with paid sick leave Down the line. Very nice. Greg Clarkson is with
1: us from the White House. Greg, uh, busy week. Uh, The Supreme Court is in session right now, and uh, they are hearing a case, arguments in a case that happened today, which is of interest to Christians.
0: Absolutely. This is uh, dealing with a Christian graphic artist from Colorado. Her name is Lori Smith. She runs a company and she wants to uh, design these websites, but she doesn't want to do customized website design uh, that promotes same sex. Weddings, and so that's the sticking point. there is a, a law an anti-discrimination law applied to businesses and, and and the sort in Colorado, and so there's the conflict and uh, she has lost her uh, legal cases all the way up until today, reaching to the Supreme Court. There were a couple of hours of oral arguments uh late this morning, early afternoon and it it appeared, and I listened to about an hour of those arguments uh, it appeared that uh, the the majority of the Supreme Court justices, which, of course, leans uh, conservative, uh, seem to be somewhat sympathetic to uh, the case of Lori Smith, which she basically says is a free speech uh, issue, that uh, the First Amendment would protect her even as a business owner in this particular case. She and her lawyer and legal team essentially arguing that she is not discriminating against uh, people who are in same-sex Relationships or support same sex weddings, but that she as a, as a Christian believer, believes that promoting that message, no matter who the client is, runs counter to her personal Christian faith
2: mm-hmm. yeah, so kind of weighing whether it's an issue of discrimination against the client
0: mm-hmm. right which yeah. the, which yeah.
2: which the state has already guaranteed or it's an issue of free speech or even religious freedom for mm-hmm. her. Um, That'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Now, I'm thinking um, I read today that uh, the decision will be released probably in the summer, early July, something like that.
0: Probably. Yeah. Usually, usually the end of the Supreme Court term is the end of June. So often those big cases get pushed in terms of, uh, you know, mid to late June. Yes.
2: Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Um, over the weekend, former President Donald Trump made headlines again, which, as I said earlier in the program, he's certainly skilled at doing. Um, let's talk about the latest dust up with the president and how he thinks uh, this is a time of such seriousness that the, contra- the Constitution needs to be tossed.
0: Yeah, he, of course, is still fighting the results of the 2020 presidential election. And he really took it to a a, a different level in terms of his argument over the weekend when he was writing on social media that he believes because of what he describes as massive election fraud, that it requires uh, something uh, that a lot of people uh, were, were very surprised to some degree and if not surprised, disappointed to hear him say. And that was that he said all rules, regulations and articles, even those found in the Constitution of the United States should be terminated to respond to what he called massive election fraud. So that, of course, goes against the oath of office that a president or any other lawmaker would take when they uh, agree to uphold the the u.s constitution and so this seems to be a bridge too far for some republicans although there has not been any sort of outcry from a lot of members of the gop here in in washington or in congress for example those that have been asked members of the republican party especially those on some of the sunday talk shows yesterday for example they did distance themselves from those trump remarks but there has not been an overwhelming backlash from the GOP so far mm-hmm. about those comments.
1: And uh, Kevin McCarthy, who hopes to uh, ascend to the uh, majority leadership chair, uh, he himself have said uh, the first day that they'll be in power, as the Republicans will be in power, they will read from the floor the Constitution of the United States, which, of course, now we have sort of a, a kerfuffle here, right? There's a little opposition. Uh, are we following the Constitution or not?
0: Yeah, so you have you have this tension between elements of the Republican Party especially in Washington, D.C., and, uh, and Donald Trump, who, of course, is the most recent Republican president. Uh, he still holds a lot of sway sure. among a lot of Republican voters across this country, um, a lot of, of, of conservative voices that uh, that align with what uh, Donald Trump supports. And so there is this ongoing tension. Uh, and, and, of course, whether or not... Kevin McCarthy gets the speakership, and uh, he's trying very hard to get to that uh, 218 votes that he'll need in early January. Uh, he's going to have tension even just within his own House caucus of Republican uh, officials, lawmakers, let alone, you know, dealing with the whole Donald Trump issue as well. So he's, he's got a lot on his plate care for what you ask for. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, let's talk about the elections and uh, South Carolina and Iowa. It looks as though the Democrats are saying, you know, um, we, we know that Iowa has been the first state to hold presidential primaries, but we're going to move forward now and have South Carolina do this. Is this a certainty, Greg?
0: It's not a certainty, but it is what the White House wants. The president made this uh, known to the Democratic National Committee late last week. And so that the committee then at the national level has to deal with individual states And state legislatures and things. So there still is a logistical procedure that has to be dealt with in terms of whether or not they can reshuffle the calendar. But in a lot of cases, this can happen. But it would essentially upturn, upend uh, years, if not decades, really, of having the, you know, the caucuses in Iowa kick the, the presidential selection process off, followed by the New Hampshire first in the nation primary. And then it has been Nevada and South Carolina. What's been interesting is um, when you look back, just rewind to that 2020 election. Joe Biden finished fourth place in Iowa, wow. fifth place in New Hampshire. And South Carolina is what he won and is really seen as turning his presidential campaign around, because up until that point, he was uh, he was in the, you know, in the mix down low and a lot of people weren't giving him a, a, him a chance. And so uh, there is a personal Uh, advantage in some ways, uh, should Joe Biden announce his run for reelection. And by uh, by all by all measures he's going to, he has said he intends to do that. There would be a personal benefit potentially for him to have South Carolina first out of the gate.
2: It's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure that people in Iowa have that as a point of pride. And the Iowa caucus is such a big thing. It's been a big thing for, I don't know. Decades. More than decades. Um, So I I can't imagine that representatives are going to take too kindly to that there.
0: Well, no. In fact, uh, there, there are some in, yeah yeah officials in both Iowa and New Hampshire are upset with that. The, the argument that the White House will make and that others have been making for a number of years is that they don't see Iowa and New Hampshire, which are more predominantly white populations, as best representative of the diversity of voters across the country and that they have the first say in this presidential selection process. Right. Which basically uh, so, just
2: means that those places that Iowa was swinging Republican now.
0: Sure. Well, that's right. I mean, Iowa tends to be, uh, you know, obviously more conservative. Although th- there's there's an argument that uh, for the Democratic Party in Iowa, they they sometimes skew more liberal than other Democrats in other parts of the country. So uh, you kind of swing both mm-hmm. ways, but. Yeah, those two states are not happy with this proposal from the White House and the Democratic National Committee. Mm-hmm.
2: Winding up our segment with Greg Clugston live from the White House. Uh, Greg, I saw a news story today because, you know, we always like to, at the conclusion of our time together, go off in a little bit of a different direction. Uh, a news story reports about Uncle Chen. Uh, he's a 50-year-old marathon runner, just finished a race in China, 574th place, beating nearly 1,000 other participants. So 574, you think he's pretty far down, but not when you know how many people ran this race. He actually did very well. The reason he has made news today is because he did the whole marathon while chain smoking.
0: Wow. That, under, I had not heard that. Yes.
2: under <laughs> That's why you tune into the I'll, ride home. Yeah.
0: Uh, Hope Greg. To smokers right. reminds me of an old Saturday Night Live skit from years ago with uh, <laughs> yeah. Jim Belushi or something. Right, right. Yeah,
2: except it's real. So he did this in under three and a half hours. Uh, and it's Uncle this, Chen. Uh, uh, yes, Uncle Chen. And um, he. this is the second time he has run a marathon while chain smoking. Really? How old is he? Uh, he's 50 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, a photograph of him. Uh, I'd, I'd like to you know, show everybody mm-hmm. where he's just doing his thing. <laughs> uh, so, Greg, my first question for you is, are you a runner? <laughs>
0: Uh no, I, I have run in the past. I've mm-hmm. run some five K's, I mean, a handful of them. Uh but I stopped running four or five years ago. But I was a very casual runner and a reluctant runner. Mm-hmm. Um You were forced I mean, into if, it. If, if running is involved in playing basketball, for example, or ultimate frisbee, sure. I, I get that. But just running by itself, I never I never caught the fever. I agree. Huh, okay.
2: Can you uh imagine doing uh, any of those activities you just mentioned while chain smoking? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. What? No, no. I mean, the short answer is no. No. Uh-huh. And
2: have crazy. you ever have you ever chain Smoked, I guess, is the next question. That...
0: No, but if I start, then maybe I'll take up running again. Let's <laughs> hope for the future. Mm-hmm. Very nice.
2: Exactly. Good to talk to you, Greg.
0: Yes, Greg. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. All
1: our right. Great pleasure. Greg Clarkson, SRN News White House correspondent. He's on top of the nation's news for our Salem Radio Network. We'll take a quick break. Step away. Uh, how about a pair of Levi's? that may be the most expensive ever, found in a shipwreck, up for
8: auction. What's that story about? You've got advanced prostate cancer,
7: but you're not waiting around. You want straight talk. The facts about Argovics. Orgovix Religolix 120-milligram prescription tablets is a treatment for adults with advanced prostate cancer. Fact. Orgovix is a different kind of androgen deprivation therapy treatment. A pill, not an injection. Orgovix may cause serious side effects, including a heart condition called QT prolongation. Tell your doctor right away if you feel dizzy, faint, have a racing or pounding heart or chest pain. Orgovix can cause harm to an unborn baby or miscarriage. Use birth control during treatment and for two weeks after Orgovix treatment. The most common side effects include hot flushes, increased blood sugar and blood fat levels, muscle and joint pain decreased blood hemoglobin levels, increased liver enzymes, tiredness, constipation and diarrhea. Other side effects include weight gain, decreased sex drive and erectile function problems, or Govix may cause infertility. Talk to your doctor if infertility is a concern for you. Go with a Govix. Ask your doctor.
8: For more facts, visit GoWithTheFacts.com MyPillows
1: excited to announce the original My Slippers are back in stock. Hey, it's John Hall. Last Christmas you made My Slippers, the number one selling MyPillow product, and now they've added smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new colors. What makes My Slippers different is the exclusive four-layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My Slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve the stress on your feet. Wear them anytime, anywhere, and save $90 off with promo code WORD. That's only $49.98 a pair. You'll absolutely love My Slippers, and now they're also extending their 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2023, making them the best Christmas gift ever. So go to MyPillow.com, use promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954 now. Again, use promo code WORD to save $90 on the original my slippers. That's only $49.98 a pair. Quantities won't last long, so
11: please order now. Hi, I'm Kyle, and my company is Blindster.com. I started Blindster in 2010 to provide custom blind shades and shutters at affordable prices. Our blinds are easy to install, and shipping is free. Don't hire an expensive professional. Do it yourself and save big at blindster.com.
8: In those days 10 men from all the nations will take hold of the garment of a Jew and say we want to go with you for we know that God is with you. Join Messianic Jewish evangelist Rabbi Kurt Schneider as he shares authentic teaching from the Old and New Testaments unfolding revelation today for your brighter tomorrow on discovering the Jewish Jesus.
3: Monday through Friday at 1:30 p.m. here on 101.5 Word FM.
5: One hundred one point five W O R D F M Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying "Play the Word Pittsburgh," and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey.
3: We'll see thickening clouds tonight with a touch of rain late, low 39. Occasional rain and drizzle tomorrow, tomorrow's high 49. Considerable cloudiness tomorrow night with a couple of showers, mainly later, low 47. Wednesday, cloudy and milder with a shower. We'll reach a high Wednesday of 58. Cloudy skies Thursday. Expect a high Thursday of 52. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
1: A favorite pair of jeans i do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're valuable to you aren't they
2: i have to tell you that it, i could wear jeans every day for oh, the rest of my life me too and never never need another pair I, of pants. i feel the same way yeah
1: okay well there is a pair of jeans that are up for auction this weekend which uh auction auctions uh, may estimate a million dollars a Million dollars for to be a, a great pair of, jeans, pair of jeans, crying out loud. So, uh, here's the story there was a oh, wait, a, this
2: is the one on the ship, hmm. Right
1: there was a shipwreck in the 1850s, and a couple was on a honeymoon. Now, this was before the Panama Canal was erected, they were in California, they took a steamship from California to South Carolina. Wow, mm-hmm. imagine that journey! Well,
2: wow, so all the way around,
1: yep. All the way around. Holy cow. So while they were getting close to the Carolinas, there was a massive storm and the steamship sunk. Now, the wife, she, along with some other women on the boat, they were ferried off the boat and she was in the boat looking at her husband sink into the sea. (gasps) After eight hours in the ocean, kind of like last week's story, he survived, but the ship replete with 500 pounds of gold disappeared under the murky waters. Well, um, about 10 years or so ago, the ship was found. And, of course, then there were legal fights over who owned the ship. Insurance companies stepped forward. A lot of different people made claims to this. The genes and along with other uh, accoutrements, including smoking jackets, gowns, things like that, Mm -hmm. lay at the bottom of the ocean for all these many years. And because they were in such cold, murky waters, they have survived. Stained, but still supple in cloth-like condition. So this weekend, as I said, a million dollars perhaps is on this first pair ever, five button fly Levi's jeans. Uh the company was founded in 1853. The uh the jeans are from 1854. I don't wow. know how they know that. Wow. Wow. So if if you were a Levi's official out I do what the
2: cut of jeans were like. Was it wait, is it for the husband or the wife?
1: It was for the husband. Okay. So I'm Cuz of
2: course white. what what a, what a stupid question. Right. Like a woman's going to be wearing jeans in 1850. That's you ridiculous. can imagine
1: there wasn't much of a cut to them, right? They probably were box like. Big and bulky. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: wasn't fashion. It was more right. like work pants.
2: Right. Boy, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm.
1: A million dollars for a pair of jeans.
2: Wow. I just finished watching uh, 1899, which is the new Netflix show. Yeah. Uh, I talked about it on Friday. We watched it over Thanksgiving. Uh, this made by the German production team that made dark uh, over COVID. And um, it, it, it's, not, it's not something for kids, but it really is a fascinating show. It's eight episodes. And the production of it, because it takes place on a ship – was so spectacular to watch i couldn't i couldn't get over it they actually produced a the making of 1899 that has just come out on netflix but the clothing Mm -hmm. that they're wearing is so fabulous and it goes into great detail about how each garment was made Mm -hmm. and they also made all of their boots And shoes for the show. I mean, it's just a spectacular thing. You can imagine what it'd be like to be on a steamship sure. at that time.
1: Well, it's one of the great and things. And none about...
2: of the women were wearing Levi's.
1: No, of course not. But it's one of the great things about being an actor because in every theater, you just receive... there's a seamstress, and she makes. Generally, they make clothes from the ground up. It's incredible. And you become who you are. Yes, yeah, very nice. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Come back. Uh, we're going to talk about Bono. The Rock and rollers got an autobiography out.
2: Yeah, a lot of people love it. I'm sure a lot of people hate it, too.
1: Carl Truman will chime in on that next.
2: 101.5 WORD. Turning Point
3: with
6: David Jeremiah. As they left the manger, they couldn't keep quiet about what they had seen. They told everybody. Their lives would never again be the same. The sky would never again seem so dark. They would know that just as they had kept watch over their flocks, there was now
3: somebody keeping watch over them. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Why the Nativity?, Next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7:30 on 101.5
10: WORD. This holiday season, why not give the gift of a good night's sleep? This is Greg Trzynski, and at the Original Mattress Factory, our factory direct business model allows us to provide a better quality product at a better price than mainstream mattress retailers. We handle our products in our own local factories and sell them directly to you in our own stores. Not only does this save you money, it also means we can offer local delivery or arrange in-store pickup on most items by the holidays. Visit an OMF location today for a better night's sleep this Christmas.
9: When you need your dollar to go further, you need the Original Mattress Factory. We hand-build our mattresses and box springs in our factories and sell them factory-direct in our own stores. We cut out the middleman and pass the savings on to you. You get a better quality mattress at a better price compared to mainstream brands, When your wallet is feeling the squeeze everywhere from the gas pump to the grocery store, real value is more important than ever. Visit an original Mattress Factory location today to see our Factory Direct difference for yourself. 45 years of God's Word. The Word of God is going
6: to show me where to go and where not to go. Truth. If God is not in absolute control of all things, who is? Wisdom. Obey God. Leave all the consequences to Him.
7: Watch Doctor Stanley anytime on Local Now throughout your day. Your trusted source for biblical teaching. In Touch Plus streaming free on Local Now. Go to intouch.org/plus to find out more. Hey, oh, hey, oh. And Doug. Hey, listener. Welcome to Lemu's Karaoke Lounge, where Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need, and the music
2: never stops.
11: Hit it. There's an emu with a full-time job. His partner's Doug, but Lemu's the heartthrob. Grubs and worms, that's what Lemu
7: eats. Gotta fuel up to save you money and hit the streets.
3: Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, Liberty,
7: Liberty, Liberty.
8: Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love.
1: My brother is uh, six years older than I, and I remember a a very heated conversation when I was a young kid, and my father and brother were arguing about the Rolling Stones. And, of course, it's been many, many decades. I can't uh, remember the exact words, but essentially my father, (laughs) in very angry tones, was yelling at my brother about the Rolling Stones, essentially saying, "Those those are not good boys, and you are a good boy. And that was my first real introduction into the danger of rock and roll Ah, uh, because rock and roll. Yeah.
2: So your dad looked at that and, and you thought that's your dad thought that was something to be careful of. Yes,
1: he did. Yeah. yeah well, we grew up at the knee of Frank Sinatra, which is a whole other story. But, you know, to think not, about. Like,
2: yeah. It's not like Frank was killing. Exactly. It in his, uh, right. You know, personal moral. Crochet. Maisie
1: dotes. And, you know, right. Maisie yeah. dotes. So. The Rolling Stones were bad boys and that's how rolling you know rock and roll was built upon the persona sure. of Elvis these guys are dangerous right beatles right well bono and you too bono's been around for many many decades just la- was it last week released his memoirs mm-hmm. here to talk to us about bono Christianity and uh, the bad boys uh, of uh, rock and roll is Carl Truman. Carl joins us from Grove City College where he's part of the Department of Biblical and Religious Studies. He teaches courses on the history of religious thought. He's the author of uh, the new book, Strange New World, How Thinkers and Activists Redefined Identity and Sparked the Sexual Revolution. Carl, welcome back to the show.
4: Uh, It's great to be back. Uh, And uh, I have to say, I'm both a huge early Rolling Stones and a Frank Sinatra fan. (laughs) Oh, so you bridged that gap, Carl? Straight away. Yes, yes.
2: (laughs) All right. So, Carl, uh, forgive me for forgetting your personal timeline, but did you grow up in the UK?
4: Yes, yeah. I didn't move to the United States until I was in my mid-thirties. Okay, just over twenty years ago.
2: Okay, so of course the Stones have to be near and dear to you, right? Along with, oh, yeah. along with the Who yeah. and the Beatles and all of that. What, what was oh, your yeah. What was your relationship with rock when you were growing up?
4: Um, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I've I've always been something of a, a rock nostalgia guy in the in the nineteen eighties and beyond. I was really into stuff that was being produced in the 1960s I suppose. And I love okay. the Rolling Stones but tends to be the stuff before Brian Jones left the band and died. Mm-hmm. So uh, Elvis was huge as well. Um, yeah I was uh, I, w- I was already a rock and nostalgia guy even in the 1980s.
1: Yeah okay so then you two came onto the scene maybe like uh, late 70s early 80s. What's your connection to Bono and you two?
4: Well, I became a Christian in the early 1980s and for uh, Christians of my generation, uh, you two seemed to offer it all, Mm -hmm. in that it was good music, it wasn't the kind of dreadful Christian rock music that didn't really sound like rock music, Uh, at the same time it was supposed to be this sort of deep and profound uh, reflection on existence uh, and on God that came through in the lyrics. So. The guys of my generation, you two, seemed to be uh, the full package, spiritual and good music at the same time. Yeah.
2: But you're not a fan?
4: Not anymore, no.
2: <laughs> All right, so wh- how, when did you and Bono, uh, when did your paths diverge?
4: Well, I, I think the, the, the watershed moment for me was actually attending a concert they did on their Joshua Tree Tour oh. in 1987 at uh, Wembley Stadium. I went with some friends. Wow. and. It- it was an all day thing.
11: I bet it was. And
4: I was, I was struck at how much better uh, Shane McGowan and the Pogues, the, the kind of Anglo Irish folk punk bands, yeah. were than, uh, than you two. It seemed to me that, uh, and what I noticed there was you two take themselves very seriously. Shane McGowan and his buddies were just having fun. Hmm. And it was very clear to me. Rock's more about having fun than it is about profound analyses of existence.
1: Yes. But then, as you say, Bono and you two, they sort of encompass Christianity. Uh, Their message of redemption, sort of, you know, every album sort of kind of had a theme to it. Uh, It became a worldwide phenomenon, didn't it?
4: Oh, absolutely. And another thing that struck me that day in 1987 at Wembley Stadium was... On the one hand, you had these lyrics that were aspiring to talk about redemption, etc., etc. et cetera. But it was very clear it was having absolutely no impact on the, the people around me at all. They were there for the music and mm-hmm. the fun, if you like. They were not there to parse uh, the deeper meaning of Sunday, Bloody Sunday, or I still haven't found what I'm looking for or yeah. something like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Dr. Carl Truman is with us. He's the author of the new book, Strange New World, How Thinkers and Activists Redefined Identity and Sparked the Sexual Revolution. You can also check out his longer book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism and the Road to Sexual Revolution. Um, Carl, when I think about you two, of course, I think about where from whence they came. And um, I, I I'm just wondering about the music, the art, the poetry, whatever, that comes out of that clash between Catholicism and Protestantism. Um, and I know that you're, you know, very well read on the Reformation and all of that. And so I wonder if you can speak to that. Um, if if any, um, if any of that rings true to you or um, how you think that we can read that as people who are kind of cultural imbibers.
4: Yeah, I think certainly the... The Protestant-Catholic tensions within Ireland come through in a number of their albums and a number of their songs. Most I've already mentioned Sunday Bloody Sunday, which, of course, is uh, uh, connected to the, the clash between Irish protesters and uh, British paratroopers in the early 1970s. It's very much uh, rooted in that. So I think there's definitely an Irish context uh, for understanding you two. And also, uh, a little bit like Bob Dylan, there's a lot of biblical inflections. In their songs, I think of the song 40, which was essentially based upon Psalm 40. So, yeah, there's definitely a religious ethos and a religious background uh, to what they write. Whether they execute it particularly profoundly, I'm, I'm not sure. I was chatting to somebody yesterday, and I would say, you know, if you go to some of the early Bruce Springsteen albums, the Nebraska album, and yeah. listen to My Father's House, I don't think you two ever produce a song that is as spiritually provocative and profound as, as My Father's House by, by Bruce Springsteen. Again, I guess with Springsteen, the background is his American Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Certainly don't want to deny the religious background and the importance of that for U two's
1: music, yeah, mm-hmm. you know it's kind of interesting. We're talking about U two because last night the Kennedy Center honors were held, and U uh, two was honored. And, uh, and reading about it, <laughs> well, one of the one of the masters of ceremonies was the uh, comedian Barat, and uh, he, he he introduced them as Me Too. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said your your uh wretched album is still on my I- iphone please get it off
2: <laughs> Remember that when everybody got a free album yeah and of course oh, la- yeah. yeah and of course last yeah. night amy grant inducted uh given the kennedy center honors as well what's your feeling about christian music carl? Hey, well, he kind
1: of said when he came in you, yeah. you didn't like it at all yeah. carl right
4: well, I, I didn't like the I didn't like the sort of the the, the Christian rock music of the 80s. Striper, for example, oh, sure. haunt, haunt my nightmares. <laughs> uh, but I, I think Christian music can be done well. I mean, if we move out beyond you know the narrow confines of rock music, some of the greatest music in the world is yeah, is Christian certainly. music. Uh, Bach, Bach's Mass in B minor, uh, yeah. uh, Palestrina, and even within the the rock music world, I think it's possible to do. Uh, songs, I think the occasional song that that really strikes a deep spiritual note. But most of the time, I think rock music is about fun, and it works best when people assume it's just about, it's a distraction, it's a bit of fun. It's something that allows a little bit of escapism. And I I don't think there's anything wrong with that uh, at all. No, I agree.
2: Carl, so talk about... um your feeling about how Bono and you two weighed in on issues in Ireland, um, uh, particularly those related to gay marriage and abortion.
4: Yeah, well, they were, they were pro-gay uh, pro marriage and pro the repeal of uh, Ireland had very restrictive uh, laws uh, protecting the unborn and, and they weighed in on both of those issues on what I would regard as absolutely the wrong side. And if you look at their reasoning for doing so, it wasn't particularly profound reasoning. It was classic uh, contemporary expressivist culture kind of reasoning. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't want people's freedom inhibited. Well, you know, this feels good. There's nothing really that separated U2's logic in those uh, debates from uh, the logic of the world around us. And I think the. The danger, of course, is that when people think of them as a Christian band, then when you two say things that are, A, not Christian, and B, frankly, very superficial, if not silly and stupid, people are likely to be pulled in by that.
1: Right. Well, Carl, uh, considering the, the tone of our conversation, I don't imagine you'll be getting a copy of Bono's Surrender for Christmas, will you?
4: not. I'm I'm semi-tempted by Bob Dylan's new book, but definitely not (laughs) Bono. Fabulous.
2: That's Dr. Carl (laughs) Truman. Carl, um, our best holiday wishes to you, and thank you so much for being uh, willing to join us on a monthly basis. Hope you have a wonderful time with your family.
1: Likewise. Thanks very much. Our pleasure.
2: That's Carl Truman. Check out Strange New World, how thinkers and activists redefined identity and sparked the sexual revolution. Or
1: Bono's new memoir, Surrender.
11: (laughs) My grandma is one of my heroes, and one thing we did together? was Bob Barker and The Price is Right. Grandma knew the cost of everything. But here's how I think she would do today. Grandma, name the price of these hot dogs and win a brand new car! Uh, those are definitely two forty-nine. dollars Ah, so
2: sorry. These hot dogs are now four monthly payments in nineteen ninety-nine. dollars Too bad.
11: It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And the cost of everything is crazy. And the holidays only make things harder. But there still is one big positive, And that's the skyrocketing home values of the last few years. For many, today is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to cash out some of the new money their home earned to help with the crazy. And the strategy is take advantage of the cash out today and refinance tomorrow when rates settle back down. They've already dropped an ounce as of late. If you're curious about your options,
5: we
4: are United United Faith Mortgage. Mortgage.
11: United Mortgage in New York,
12: and a thirteen thirty. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license two two six seven two. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen the images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now, but they can't do it without you. Just $30 a month can help save children for less than a dollar a day. Whether it's providing emergency nutrition or protecting children fleeing from the war in Ukraine. Or a child in need in any of the other 120 countries around the world where Save the Children works. Your $30 a month can change everything for a child who's suffering. Call 888-884-4836. That's 888 884-4836 or give online at savechildrentoday.org
4: Alistair Begg is leading a spectacular nine-day Mediterranean cruise August of 2023 and our trusted partner Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Explore the biblical landscapes Paul encountered where he shared the gospel along historic cliffside villages. Renew your vision, purpose, and connection with Christ as Alistair powerfully unpacks God's Word. For details, simply call 855-565-5519 or log on to deeperfaithcruise.com.
13: Did you know there's physical evidence for the birth that Christ as told in the Bible? Your friends at cybercoins.net can help you keep Christ in Christmas this year with gifts of authentic coins left behind by the wise men, King Herod, And a special prophetic coin that bore witness to the coming star of Bethlehem. Visit our store in Dormond or shop online at Cybercoins.net to see a museum quality display of authentic coins that were eyewitness to the events of the nativity. C-Y-B-E-R-C-O-I-N-S.net.
1: We often talk about how old do you feel, right? I, I always tend to say, well, if you're a certain age, yeah. which makes calf, you know, her eyes kind of, you know, go, what, what the heck are you talking about? How old do you feel if you're a certain age? Well, studies are finding a link between people's subjective age or their psychological age and their future health and longevity. Hmm. All right. Uh-huh. Psychological age can differ from chronological age. I'm reading from uh, today's Wall Street Journal. Some psychologist and Jerry... Gerontologists
2: gerontologists.
1: uh, say that there might be ways to improve physical health by making yourself feel younger or at least taking a positive attitude towards your aging. Feeling older than your chronological age is associated with a higher likelihood of dementia, frailty, and stroke and heart disease, according to a recent study by scientists and academics. Some research research has focused on the correlation between attitudes and mortality. Mm -hmm. They've linked positive feelings about aging and feeling younger than you actually are with a longer life. Now in one study, a German study of 2,400 adults, over more than 20 years, participants who said they expected to continue to grow and develop into old age lived on average 13 years longer than those who didn't expect such growth.
2: I thought you were gonna say like six weeks.
1: Yep, 13 years. Quote, it's really good and important to feel younger if it is soft protection. If I feel younger, I'm more motivated to be engaged and active, says Suzanne Worm, professor of University of Griswold and author of the study published earlier this year in the journal Psychology Today. Participants in the experiments, such as traveling or taking classes, resisting negative assumptions about getting older might help you feel younger and improve your outlook, researchers say. All and
2: right. you're reading that from today,
1: Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm.
2: I, all right, I like it.
1: The mind is very powerful,
2: isn't it? Well, I was thinking. I feel young, in particular, when it talked about lower rate. I can lower rates of dementia, stroke. I think I can understand that. But when it gets to stroke and heart disease, you think that seems like a a, a physiological pattern, right? Not a psychological pattern. Right. And then you realize, I guess that our are it's all connected. Wait, oh,
1: I going to eat cheeseburgers and fries, and I feel younger about it. So, the, the or negate the results? I don't think so. It doesn't make any sense, does it?
2: No, but isn't it funny to think that your attitude could ha- could affect your heart health?
1: Yeah, of course. But I, how much truth is that? I, I don't know. Well, you just—it's mean, just, it's, you it's, you just it's read stu- an article from the
2: Wall Street Journal. It's one so study, so it. right? But you, so you're not buying it?
1: Um, they did multiple studies, right? I mean, just one study. Is one okay, study. what
2: about people you know who are older? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that bears out?
1: Well, I mean, my wife and I talk about this a lot. We know people who are in their eighties, and my wife will go, "That's my target. What she do- what she mm-hmm. does, how she acts, what she eats. That's who I'm trying to follow along in the footsteps of." Yeah, right. Um. And of course people who are like that who are more engaged in how they eat, exercise, they tend to have a more positive so maybe it's you know the two things combined that they go hand in hand. If you exercise, if you read, if you engage socially, if you you know you're not sitting at home eating doritos every night and sitting on your couch and don't go outside and engage with the world,
2: that that's going to make a big difference. Right. What about you? I mean, well, when I think about uh, people who are maybe 20 or 30 years older than me, yeah. I think about, you know, a serious disease or sickness can derail anybody uh, and it doesn't matter how blue. good their attitude is. Right. It does not matter. But I would
1: imagine the good attitude helps them as they process through that. That was
2: the, you read my mind. Mm-hmm. That's the next thing I was going to say. Um, my mom in particular, did she not have the best attitude? Oh
1: my gosh. She was top of the world. Every time you saw Nanny. Yep. Right? She was as sweet and as positive as a person could be.
2: Yep. And she always talked about how excited she was to go to her new address, Mm -hmm. which was her, you know, know, uh, slang for heaven. Yep. Um, She knew that that was... But she was always... I I think about so many... I mean, countless. And when I say countless, I mean thousands of times. Mm -hmm. I would say, how are you? And she'd say, I'm content. Very Mm -hmm. content.
1: My mom was pretty much the same way. My dad... I remember one time my dad got sick, and he said to my sister, "I'm a goner." And I always thought that <laughs> huh. he
2: was You being, just imposed he, a death sentence on yeah. yourself, Dad. Yeah, you know. And then uh, you're not doing anyone around you any favors or yourself either.
1: Yeah. I wonder if it's more of a if it's a, if it's a sex thing. If women are more positive in their old age as opposed to men, right? Because women the live case. longer. I don't know, but I just wonder about that.
2: Look up uh, that study, maybe. All right. Fine.
1: Take a quick break. Five o'clock hour the science of giving thanks to God, how gratitude increases your life.
5: Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 W O R D F M
7: Pittsburgh. Chill advisor before investing.
12: For this RN News, I'm John Scott, the Supreme Court, hearing the case of a Christian graphic artist who objects to designing wedding websites for gay couples alliance defending freedom ceo Kristen wagner argued on behalf of Lori smith
9: if the government may not force motorists to display a motto school children to say a pledge or parades to include banners colorado may not force miss smith to create and speak messages on pain of investigation fine and re-education
12: clash uh, uh, cases the latest clash of religion and gay rights to land at the highest court The runoff election coming up Tuesday. Raphael Warnick, the first black U.S. senator from Georgia, looking to win a full six-year term in the runoff against another black man, GOV challenger Herschel Walker. The Dow is down 538 points. The Nasdaq off 252. This is SRN News.
13: Hi, I'm Al Aberroa, founder of Knight Strategic Wealth. Inflation is a problem, markets are volatile, and the risk of running out of money in retirement is real. That's why I love annuities, and you should too. Your financial advisor doesn't want you to know that with our annuity strategy, when the stock market goes up, you earn a market link return that locks in every year. And when the stock market goes down, your annuity won't lose a dime. There are no unnecessary fees and it works for your investments, money at a brokerage firm, or even money at a bank. It's simple, it's safe, and you should only invest if you learn the facts. And that's why savvy investors work with us. Want to learn more? Text FREE to 833-898-0500 and we'll send our retirement readiness kit directly to your phone right now. If you want to use safe, low fee annuities to build a retirement portfolio that will go up with the market and never lose money, get our retirement readiness kit today and see how this strategy can help secure your future. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Text FREE to 833-898-0500.
5: What's the best product I bought this year? Oh, that's easy. Salon Pain Relieving Patches. The proven medicines in Salon POS patches reduce my pain and let me do the things I need to do every day.
7: In a recent clinical study, patients using Salon POS reported improved sleep, mood, and the ability to work. They had less pain and were able to reduce their use of oral pain medications.
5: For pain, I use Salon POS. It's good medicine
7: meet Brad. Brad's hard at work, or at least his website is. Ever since he added live chat with Salem Surround, Brad's customers are getting their questions answered 24-7. Website purchases have gone up 35%, and they're over three times more likely to buy from him again. No bots, just real people helping real people. Live chat, one of the easiest, most affordable ways Salem Surround can increase your business while you do other things, or nothing at all. Ask us how at surroundpittsburgh.com.
11: The holidays are upon us. Folks are heading downtown to shop and see the sights. But the most stunning place just might be First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, with our sanctuary all decked out for Christmas. Best of all, we celebrate what Christmas really means. So come, bring your family and friends for Sunday worship, 1045 326th Avenue. Then stay downtown to eat and shop. The true light of Christmas shines at First
0: Presbyterian Church. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show,
6: sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy show, you will find it archived at secularlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy show.
3: We'll see thickening clouds tonight with a touch of rain late, low 39. Occasional rain and drizzle tomorrow, tomorrow's high 49. Considerable cloudiness tomorrow night with a couple of showers, mainly later, low 47. Wednesday, cloudy and milder with a shower. We'll reach a high Wednesday of 58. Cloudy skies Thursday. Expect a high Thursday of 52. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
0: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy
1: Emmons. Happy Monday to you. Thanks for coming along today as the sun sets. I saw a, a film a couple of weeks ago uh, called The Fablemans. And it is essentially uh, a story loosely based on Steven Spielberg's adolescence. and, and sen- Made by Spielberg. Yeah, made by Spielberg, yeah. Uh, And central to the story is his Jewishness. Um, The movie starts, the movie opens with um, the young Steven Spielberg, probably uh, seven or eight years old, in the backseat of the the family car. And they're driving through uh, the neighborhood where they live, and it's Christmas time. And all the houses are lit with Christmas lights. And the young, the young actor playing Spielberg says, why can't we have Christmas lights? And his mother, played beautifully by Michelle Williams, says, well, we're Jewish. And so we don't celebrate Christmas like the rest of our neighbors. Mm-hmm. And, and essentially, um, the, the exact quote escapes me. But the young Steven Spielberg says, well, it, it looks like to be a Jew lives, lives in darkness. And from that point forward, you get to see this is really a fascinating movie because it's written uh, by Steven Spielberg. And so you get to see what anti Semitism was like in the 1950s and the 1960s. The family, uh, they moved from New Jersey. To uh, Arizona, and then finally to California. In all of those stops along the way, Spielberg has a story to tell about his Jewishness. Finally, the last stop along the journey is whenever they get to California, and he's um, a, a high school, a young a kid in high school, and the anti Semitism that he's uh, subjected to I mean, it, it's not an exaggeration to say it's persecution. He is beaten up, he's ridiculed on a regular basis. Wow. Um, they call him Bagelman. Um, there's a scene at the locker where they, you know, they beat on him, and he opens up his locker, and there's a bagel uh, uh, hanging by a, a a piece of string, and it says "Jew boy" on it. I mean, it's only through the perseverance and and the joy that, uh, especially the, the the mother, both his mother and his father, that they exhibit, and they allow him. To take his, and this is a bone of contention throughout the movie, his hobby, which Spielberg makes a point of saying, it's not a hobby. It's how I see the world. And, you know, it's because it's set in the 1960s, he is shooting probably on a Super 8. He is editing like the old school with a, a razor blade and tape. And you get to see the beginnings of, in a very sentimental way, of course, the creation of a great artist. mm Told through specifically a very jewish lens Hmm. and i love spielberg and i i I have not really read a lot about spielberg of course i know his films very well but but to see him and to see that suffering and to see the films that he's created yeah just fabulous Mm -hmm. it's highly recommended if you you like movies at all I, i would suggest you go see the fablemans it's out playing in theaters now
2: I think we're in a perilous moment when it comes to uh, anti-Semitism. We are certainly. I really do. It's
1: shocking, isn't it? It is. I mean, do you remember the first time? I I grew up, of course, I grew up in Swissvale. There was one kid in my high school class who was Jewish. Uh, No one made anything about it. This guy was our class president. He was fabulous. Of course, he went to Hollywood and did just, he did great. It wasn't until I got to college where I, for the first time, encountered anti Semitism.
2: I don't actually remember encountering it. Really? I just remember we had a family friend growing up who was Jewish. So I was, that was just part of my understanding all the times that I, you know, can remember. I was never away. It's not like Jewishness was something out there. It was was part of your family. It was part of, yeah. And so it didn't seem, plus, you know, I, I think it also can have to do with where you live. Where we spent a lot of time in the city, yeah, and in Squirrel Hill, we—I was in Squirrel Hill so much when I was a kid. So I just think it was—it's not something I claim to understand, but it's certainly n- nothing I was afraid of or concerned about. And I remember um, uh, Abraham Sandler. Uh, who lives here in Pittsburgh, is a Messianic Jew. He gave me a book uh, by Michael Brown Mm -hmm. called Our Hands Are Stained with Blood years ago, at least a decade ago. And since then, Michael's become a guest on our show, a frequent guest on our show. It it is an incredible indictment to read Michael's book. Michael is a a Jewish man who's a believer in Jesus uh, that details how Christians throughout the centuries have reacted to Jews and how how much we have to atone for and by we believers. i just mean believers i mean it's a, it's an incredibly sad story from a group of people like us who claim a jewish messiah I mean, how ironic is <laughs> that it doesn't, make, that? Any sense, it doesn't does even it? make any sense right.
1: i remember walking through I've
2: seen... and that doesn't even get to the cultural realities of what of donald trump and you know uh Kanye and all of that right. percolating right now.
1: Yeah, you, you do see it here, right? In culture, do you think,
2: what, what what have we become? How did Kanye West go from being the guy who was doing the pop-up worship gatherings to this?
1: It's got to be mental illness. I mean, that's my only thing I can describe it to, that the guy's just crazy. He's out of his mind. Or he's just such an attention hound that he will say outrageous things just to get attention. I don't know. But, you know, clearly he's destroyed his brand. And probably with that, you know, his empire of the flow of Yeezy shoes and uh, all the apparel that goes along with it. But to think about, I remember being in Squirrel Hill. I've told you this before. And walking up Murray Avenue. I used to buy my newspaper at a a newspaper stand that's long since gone. It was a couple of blocks up from Minio's Pizza on the same side of the street. And I was maybe in my... uh, you know late teens early 20s and there was a guy outside the newspaper stand a kid he was probably you know younger than he was probably 16 or 17 and he was swinging at the guy who ran the newspaper stand and he was calling him a jesus killer and i was like i i i couldn't believe what i was actually hearing i mean you re, it's one thing i think you know after world war 2 you saw The suffering of the Jews, the the mass murder, the execution of some six-plus million Jews, there was probably a pause around the globe of anti-Semitism, or at least it was buried, and it lasted that way for a couple of decades. And now you see the rise of anti-Semitism that's on full display. And people are, in some ways, proud of showing their anti-Semitism. I mean, what happened? To the tree of life should give all of us mm-hmm. deep and long and hard pause anytime we hear someone speak out about Jewishness and the hatred of Jews. Right. It was here in our backyard. Right.
2: If there are people listening to us who uh, are believers in Jesus, the the best book I can refer you to, other than the Bible, about this is "The Hiding Place" by Corrie Ten Boom. Mm-hmm. She and her family were committed to uh, the Jews in their city of Harlem and all around there. And it's a story that will inspire and humble all of us, I think.
1: The Hiding Place.
5: 101.5 WORD.
8: If you're trying to live the Christian life on your own, you're doing it wrong and you're working way too hard. That's what we learned this week on Through the Bible. Don't miss our journey through the book of Romans. Dr. McGee says it's sure to be one of the most rewarding experiences
3: of our lives. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD.
7: Revival Today Church presents Celebrate the King, a free Christmas event for you and your family. With musical guests, Uche Agu, Ron Cannoli, Karen Sheard, and Jekyll and Carr. Featuring the Revival Today Mass Choir. Along with a word from Pastor Jonathan Shuttlesworth. Saturday, December 17th at the Montour Junction Sports Complex. Doors open at 6. Sign up today at RTCregister.com. MyPillows excited to announce the original My
1: Slippers are back in stock. Hey, it's John Hall. Last Christmas you made My Slippers, the number one selling MyPillow product, and now they've added smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new colors. What makes my slippers different is the exclusive four-layer design that you're not gonna find in any other slippers. My slippers, patented layers, make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve the stress on your feet. Wear them anytime, anywhere, and save $90 off with promo code WORD. That's only $49.98 a pair. You'll absolutely love my slippers. And now they're also extending their 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2023, making them the best Christmas gift ever. So go to MyPillow.com, use promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954 now. Again, use promo code WORD to save $90 on the original my slippers. That's only $49.98 a pair. Quantities won't last long, so please order now.
7: Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hill seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. At TrinityChristian.net. There's nothing
8: like hearing the songs you love on local radio
1: Is giving thanks vital to spiritual and physical health? What do you think?
2: Well, the first thing I would say is no, because those are two different realities. But after this conversation that we had at the top of five o'clock or at the end of the four o'clock hour, I guess it was
1: about age and health,
2: right? And how people who, who think younger outperform in their older years, by 13 years, those who quote unquote feel their age. Mm -hmm. It makes me think that things are much more connected than I had previously allowed for.
1: Peter Hills with us. He's a professor of psychology at Biola University. He conducts research in the psychology of religion as it relates to the development of such virtues as humility, gratitude, and forgiveness. He co-wrote a piece that appeared in Christianity Today called The Science of Giving Thanks to God. Peter, welcome to the show.
6: Thank you. I uh, look forward to being with you here this today.
2: All right, Peter. So is there a science to this?
6: Yes, there is. Uh, there's uh, research that's been going on, empirical research by psychologists, uh, often informed by uh, the work that theologians and philosophers do to give us a good conceptual grounding. And uh, most of that research has been on a human-to-human level. It's been how we uh, express gratitude and experience gratitude toward others. But recently, with some support from the John Templeton Foundation, uh, we begin, we've begun to look at, do the same principles, do the same uh, uh, processes apply to our relationship with God, a vertical relationship. After God, after all, God is our supreme benefactor.
1: So then, Peter, are you saying the studies find that the more grateful you are to God, the happier and perhaps healthier you'll be?
6: Yes. Uh, the, we have had a team of about 25 uh, different researchers working over the last three years, and not all of them were studying that particular uh, aspect of gratitude to God. But those that did found that there was a relationship that was there. We always have to be careful. We're not so sure that gratitude is causing these things. It might be the other way around, that these things are causing gratitude or that there are other factors that are involved. But the relationship, the association is there.
2: What about the uh the thing that's borne out in so many lives' I've borne out in my own life i I hazard to say it's borne out in most believers' lives that suffering does produce some type of closeness with God or awareness of god um that isn't present at at times of not so great suffering um what does is is there something that science can tell us about that
6: i I think there is i mean it's it's obvious that that it's uh, easier to be thankful to God under the best of times. Uh, and I think we just have to be up front and be honest with ourselves that it's hard sometimes to be grateful in the face of, of suffering or adversity. It's not natural. It's going to require some effort. And part of it is that we, we tend to focus so much. We're very problem-focused people, and we tend to focus so much on the problems, uh, even just in everyday ordinary living, never mind about it, if we're suffering through something, and um, there, there was a very influential article that, that a psychologist about 20 years ago wrote that, that after looking at a vast array, an immense amount of psychological literature, bad is stronger than good. And so uh, I think it's a very relevant question that, uh, that you raise, and that is, how, if we have this focus on what is always wrong with life, then we have to uh, ask, well what what is that, what does that tell us? What, how, how should we be grateful? So I think there's there's some real uh, guiding questions, I guess that we could ask, like how is God present in this challenge? Or what is gr- God trying to do with me or say to me? through this challenge or this adversity or this suffering that I'm going through? Hmm. Or how do I experience God uniquely through this challenge? Uh, How does this challenge make me closer to God?
1: So is there any way then to quantify this? I mean, from a, I, mean I get it from sort of like, you know, uh, from a spiritual perspective. As a believer, uh, people, you, you give thanks, and it just becomes a habit of giving thanks. But then, Peter, you're saying in studies, say someone, say there are two people who suffer the same sort of tragedy, whether, you know, um, they're in an, an auto accident together or something. One person's a believer, one person's not. There is a distinct difference in how they would look at that tragedy?
6: Uh, certainly, there, there could be a distinct difference. I'm not so sure that it always happens that way, sure. but there 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 could be a distinct difference. And one of the things that we we do in the, the the science of gratitude is that we try to talk with people and and measure. You use the word, how do you measure this? Uh, and we often rely upon self reports. Uh, we rely upon what they they tell us. Often we have. A series of questions, different items that are really designed to give us some sort of picture of how a person's attitude or behavior uh, is is uh, playing out uh, with regards to how they respond to to certain things, including uh, including events like what you've described. Uh, we also rely upon quali- what we call qualitative research, which is simply uh, doing interviews with people and trying to give them the opportunity to openly express what they were going through. And from that, we look for patterns uh, of, of responses that people give to us.
2: So the responses that people give, Peter, um, is do you feel like it's a, that they are each one kind of in process, you know, that they're kind of giving you a window into how they are, you know, going day to day?
6: yes i think that's one uh one way of uh of describing what we're trying to do sometimes we're we're uh getting a snapshot at a at a given period of time for instance right after they first learn that something bad might be happening uh in their in their own life sometimes it's in the face of global crises and events such as for for many of us um, even though we're far removed from uh, ukraine for example that that affects mm-hmm. us and it affects sometimes our perception so we might uh, be asking uh, well given this situation in life um, what is your what is your assessment of, of what's going on in the world and how does that affect your relationship with god does it tend to cause you to think more about that that relationship is do you view it as a as a challenge even though it's not something that you personally face yes
1: so gratitude then it's something that can be if not taught it can be strengthened is that true
6: i think so the the uh, the uh uh it's it's i think i think gratitude is really something that for, for good things, for benefits, when we recognize a benefit and see it, and sometimes benefits are obvious, uh, it's, it's a natural thing for us to express. The, the, the problem is when a benefit is not obvious, mm, uh, yes. when a benefit is very subtle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's often the way it works with, with our Lord. Uh, you know, it's, it's somewhat like uh, on a much different level what we might experience with our our children. We know something is good for them. They might not see that benefit. As a matter of fact, they might see it as a rule or something that they don't appreciate. Mm -hmm. But it's there, it is a benefit. And that's the reason why those guiding questions I mentioned earlier are so important.
2: Yeah, that benefit uh, that's... That might be incremental also. It might seem incremental at the time. Uh, I think that's really valuable looking back on my own experience. And it was maybe, I don't know, eight or nine years ago, I fell down the basement steps and I just blew out my ankle. And it was a bad injury. It It took a long time to rehab from. But I remember going to the physical therapist the first time. This was maybe seven days post injury. And I remember sitting down with him and he said, you know, I want you to do this exercise. Well, it was the, it was the dumbest exercise, Peter. It was just, I was like that, like I paid a a $30 copay. So you could tell me this, that was really stupid. Um, first of all, the first shock to me was that I couldn't do it. So then I probably thought I should probably back off a little bit on my first assessment. But then after that, it still seemed so little and so like just a waste of my time Uh, over the months. I couldn't believe the effect that that little stupid exercise had on me. And so I'm just guessing from what you're saying that uh, in a spiritual sense, it's the same way with us.
6: Yeah, it is. As a, as a matter of fact, uh, I've, I've heard the term used uh, some, uh, among psychologists that, that a virtue such as gratitude is really a moral muscle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so your example is perfect because it, it goes to show that, you know, once you practice something, sometimes it, it, it requires a lot of effort and maybe even pain along the way. But once you continue to practice it, and this is just one of the, the real, real virtues of, of gratitude. You just practice it, even when you don't feel like it, it often starts to come around. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a social psychologist by the, David, by the name of David Myers, who's really highly respected, he has a saying. He says that we can, just as we can think ourselves into a way of acting, we can act ourselves into a way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you had to just simply go through repeatedly the the uh uh, reparation process for your ankle i think we do that psychologically as well
1: that's interesting so i can act as if right if i follow along i will do this as if i am grateful i will be and you can talk yourself into gratitude in some way
6: i I think so that that sounds you know almost uh oh what legalistic or something such as that but but it works um and i think that's one of the real values of just simply practicing different things including like for instance uh, worship yeah. because sometimes you don't feel like worshiping yeah. uh, and yet uh, once you practice that and you just do that often your attitude comes around <laughs>
1: that's so true i was at worship yesterday and i was looking around and i was thinking man i you know that's it, it, exactly it there are there are many times i go what am i even doing here and then there are times yeah. like yesterday i'm like i can't believe i'm here i love this so much and i often wonder about people you know uh, the the church i worship is in a in a college town and i often think about somebody's walking by the church on a sunday morning and they have no relationship mm-hmm. to jesus at all and they wander in and sit down and you think what do they think? Someone walks into worship who is never schooled in the Christian church and what they're experiencing. They have to think that, you know, this is crazy talk what's going on there. The idea of sin and salvation and we're singing yeah. and praising. I mean, I love it so much, but it is a language and a skill set that requires some sort of repetitive thing mm-hmm. to go through again and again and again that we absorb it. And then eventually, of course, I'll raise my hand. It changes you for the better.
6: It does. It does just I, I, I challenge the listeners to sometime when they just don't feel like it. And I have that same experience. There are times on it, like, for instance, this Sunday morning or even in personal worship just yeah. throughout the week. Uh, I just don't feel up to it. I don't feel like going, oh, it'd be nice just to sleep in or whatever. And just take a snapshot of where you were at that moment and take a snapshot of yourself at the end of a worship hour. And in most cases, mm. you will start to come around. So maybe true. even, maybe even strongly. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. Except that doesn't happen to me online church.
6: Online church. <laughs> no. No. You know, isn't that interesting? <laughs> no.
2: It just doesn't. It doesn't work that way for me. No. Yeah. No.
6: It, it's different, and it, it's part of that is just entering into uh, the, the worship. Most of us on online, if we're singing. See, I don't sing well, so I don't want to sing online because I hear myself too right. well. Um, and 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 so it's the act that's so important here, and that's sometimes what we don't do. Instead, we're drinking a cup of coffee or getting up and doing other things while we are engaged in worship when right. it's online.
1: So, Peter, you've spent a considerable amount of your academic life thinking about gratitude. Um, what do you think? I mean, you, you have to be a, a pretty grateful person, yeah.
6: I hope I am, but you know something? It, just because I study it doesn't mean I practice it like yeah. I should. Oh, that's but, interesting. <laughs> yeah, but what? I uh, but it, it is something that I'm, I'm very much aware of, and it's at the forefront of much of my thinking. And and I try. Uh, it, it affects. It affects my behavior, I, I think. Yeah.
2: That's Peter Hill, professor of psychology at Biola University. He's working on research in the psychology of religion, particularly as it relates to the development of such virtues as humility, gratitude, and forgiveness. And, Peter, we're grateful that you were able to share your findings with us today.
6: Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yeah, the
1: pleasure is ours. Grateful that you're here. The science of giving thanks to God. We'll take a quick break. The daily feature Does This Make Sense? That's next on the right home.
7: If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford.
5: SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month.
7: Not in perfect health?
5: Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue and company and other factors. Not available in all states.
1: My Pillow is excited to bring you the biggest bedding sale ever just in time for Christmas. Hey, it's John Hall. Get the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight. A set of pillowcases for only nine ninety eight, and rejuvenate your bed with a My Pillow mattress topper for as low as ninety nine ninety nine. They also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors and styles. They even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters body pillows bolster pillows and so much more all with the biggest discounts ever they're also extending their money back guarantee for christmas until march 1st 2023 making them the perfect gifts for your friends your family everyone you know so, go to MyPillow.com, use promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954. You'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding products, including the Giza Dream Bed Sheets for as low as $29.98. And get all your shopping done now while quantities
11: last. For the
5: best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com.
11: Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold, the highest-rated precious metals firm in the country.
5: Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM,
7: Pittsburgh. Let's face it. We love Alexa. And we'd love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. She could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say,
4: Alexa, enable the
7: word Pittsburgh skill. And after she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the word Pittsburgh. That's all you have to do. And Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo Echo Show. Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy.
5: Word 101.5. We'll
3: see thickening clouds tonight with a touch of rain late, low 39. Occasional rain and drizzle tomorrow, tomorrow's high 49. Considerable cloudiness tomorrow night with a couple of showers, mainly later, low 47. Wednesday, cloudy and milder with a shower. We'll reach a high Wednesday of 58. Cloudy skies Thursday, expect a high Thursday of 52. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
2: Does this make sense?
1: Does what make sense?
2: Wearing your pajamas at home. And Of course, you'd say, well, of course I wear my pajamas at home. I mean, whenever you're at home, you're wearing pajamas.
1: Like on a Monday night?
2: Yep. On a Saturday? Sunday afternoon?
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Because it's your home. And you want to be as relaxed and as comfortable in your home as possible. So if that suits you, go for it.
2: I appreciate the freedom that you've given me, John, because whenever I'm not here yeah. or out and about mm-hmm. or you know, being a professional person, yeah. I want you to know that I'm wearing my pajamas. Are now. you?
1: Do you have, like some special pairs?
2: No, I have I have I have multiple pairs. Do you? I mean, I have like five sets of pajamas Whoa. because I'm always wearing them Committed when I'm to not them. here. Yeah. So if you stop by, I just want you to know that's What's gonna companies honest. coming? Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm wearing them.
1: What would happen if like there's like an emergency? Like uh, I thought of that. Right. All of a sudden, you Grace Hall standing in your bathing suit.
2: Exactly. I have thought of that very thing. Right? I keep a pair of jeans in an important place. <laughs> I do. That's smart. They're always draped over a chair. Oh, okay. So if okay. I need that, like if someone comes to the front, I forgot right. I made an appointment or whatever.
1: It's like the panic bag. I'm putting them Go. on.
2: I'm good with that. That's very nice. But. But generally... Generally, I think that wearing PJs when you're at home makes sense.
1: Very good. Thank you. All right, does this make sense? Outdoor Christmas lights. Mmm. Now, this weekend, I hung my lights.
2: You did? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. By myself. Usually, I have the help of one of my kids, but, you know, they're not there. So, there I am, and what I do is I get (laughs) I get up on the on the porch railings.
2: That is such a horrible idea. And
1: then string them and then I have a little gun pop, 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 and I'm literally I mean, my wife is like, please don't do that. But you know what? When it was all said and done, it didn't take me that long. It took me about an hour or so. It looks great. And I love it. But here's the thing most people are not putting Christmas lights up anymore. Yeah. When we were kids, our parents used to drive us around. We would go through neighborhoods mm-hmm. and you go, Oh my good oh, oh mm-hmm. now You're an outlier if you have Christmas lights up, at least in my neighborhood. Does it make sense to you?
2: uh, First of all, yes, it makes sense. And if you want to see a neighborhood that does it up, you come to my neighborhood. Really? The people I live around are invested. See, that's interesting. I mean, it's a lot. It can become infectious. It's something else. Does it make sense? It does make sense. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't do it. It's okay. But that's just because I, I just am lazy.
1: No, it's okay. I mean, just some people, it's part of your tradition. It's always been part of our family tradition, so I I endorse like it. I
2: think that it does make sense. You standing up on that railing does not.
3: W O R D. Hey, everybody. It's Charlie Kirk here. In the battle for America's Christian values, we at TPUSA Faith have stood strong in helping generations of Americans to defend their faith. Now we need your support to help us finish the year strong, ready to advance the biblical values in 2023. Would you help us defend faith and freedom right now with a tax-deductible donation? When you do, thanks to a generous $75,000 matching donation, your best gift will be doubled. Give today and help Christians stand
12: strong in their faith. Support Charlie Kirk and Turning Point USA now at wordfm.com slash faith. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen the images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this it's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Just $30 a month can help save children for less than a dollar a day whether it's providing emergency nutrition or protecting children fleeing from the war in Ukraine or a child in need in any of the other 120 countries around the world where save the children works. Your $30 a month can change everything for a child who's suffering. Call 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836 or give online
10: Have you found the perfect gift for everyone on your shopping list this Christmas? If not, you might consider the gift of a good night's sleep from the original Mattress Factory. This is Greg Trzynski. Our Factory Direct business model allows us to provide a better quality product at a better price than mainstream mattress retailers. Also, because our beds are hand-built in local factories, there's an added benefit of supporting a local business. Stop by and gift someone special with an original Mattress Factory bed that they will enjoy for years to come.
1: People are amazing. I mean, they really are. And this is the, uh, this is my favorite time of year for a lot of reasons. One of them is that people release their their lists. You know, best movies of the year, best books of the year, all those kind of things. Uh, a guy who's a blogger, his name's Tom Whitwell. Every Man- year,
2: managing consultant at Magnetic.
1: Mm-hmm. What is Magnetic? I don't it's know.
2: It's a company that helps clients solve big problems and develop better mm-hmm. products.
1: Okay. He he publishes this thing. He's been doing it for I think a decade. Uh, fifty-two things I learned. So this is his list for fifty-two things I learned in twenty twenty-two. Yeah. No, we can go through a few of these because some yeah. of them are very. Conf- they're fascinating and confounding. Um, here, let me let me uh, let me see. I'll give you one here. Um, uh, a and then it has to me an unpronounceable Chinese name. Is an electrical floor shaker sold on Taobao used to get revenge on noisy neighbors.
2: <laughs> what, so you're mad at your neighbors and you what in
1: You buy this floor shaker and you probably turn it on and just go runs around your apartment going boom 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 boom. boom, 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 boom. So you're That's your really na- funny. That is funny. You show really your noisy funny. your neighbors are noisy, I'll show you. I've got something else that'll just rock your floor. Okay. You got
2: something? Oh, yeah, I have one. Mm-hmm. During a French Navy exercise, a frigate was virtually destroyed despite radio silence. The virtual, and this was an exercise that they mm-hmm. were doing. Okay, let me just, ver- this was not a you know major military maneuver that you missed reading about in the news. The virtual em- enemy was able to roughly locate the ship via a real active Snapchat account from one of the sailors.
1: Are you kidding me? Oh, that's super cool. We,
2: you know, we spend a lot of time talking about you know, Twitter's terrible and mean and Facebook's yeah. ridiculous and Mark Zuckerberg's awful and all We don't spend a lot of time talking about Snapchat mm-mm, mm-mm. and how it, it's a dangerous thing to have on your phone. I don't have it. I don't have it either. No.
1: Okay, how about this? Count Things. Uh, capital C-O-U-N-T, capital T-H-I-N-G-S. Count Things is a very successful app that... Counts things. It costs $120 a month. Holy cow. The templates, the template page shows the things that people pay to count. What do you mean? I'm not sure. I have to go to the Count Things app. You're paying to count what? For industry? Oh,
2: Oh, like large scale counting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, heavy duty counting. Right. It's
2: not like you and I are going to pay hundred and twenty dollars a month for an app that's no. going to count what? Like, how... you know what? I would like somebody to count for me though, and I know that there are apps that do this. I need to just figure out what my subscriptions are. Oh, that thing. Oh, I just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, off the top of my head, I know what I know what they are. You know, I've got my Netflix. I've sure, got sure. Them. But. Does one sneak through every once in a while oh, of course and you they think, do. I forgot that I had that?
1: Don't worry, my, my wife will find, oh, <laughs> my will, will find it. She will find She will find it. Hey, yeah. what's this reoccurring charge? And you go, oh, oh
2: yeah.
7: right. Okay, how about this?
1: Heaven banning. Heaven banning is a hypothetical way to moderate social networks. Instead of being thrown off the platform, bad actors have all their followers replaced with psychopathic AI models. They constantly agree and praise them. Real humans never a- interact with them.
2: Oh, so they're banned from having any interaction with other people. And everybody, everybody just loves everything yeah. they say. <laughs> How does that even work? I think that's what some of our leaders want. <laughs> yeah, of course. I think yeah. that's kind of what they're going mm-hmm, for. Yeah. Okay, listen to this fondue. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it?
1: Well, I. It's been a long time since I've had fondue. I mean, it was a thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have like a fondue pot. Do you, i like to yeah. have, i like to have some fondue. So it was
2: popularized in what? 70s? Probably
1: late sixties, early seventies. You know, I remember being in college and we like, we bought like, you know, at a yard sale, a fondue maker mm-hmm. and we had like, you know, little cubes of beef and, and you have
2: like the long forks. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it was fun. We sat around and did, da, 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 da. but I, I know people that still do fondue parties. I like the idea of it. Cheese fondue, right? Beef. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but I've chocolate oh that'd be I would love to do that
2: right well it was the whole idea of fondue yeah. was popularized by a Swiss cheese cartel
1: <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll make as much cheese as yeah uh-huh. I mean
2: uh, it, it cre- look at what it created yeah I mean an incredible sensation I went to a fondue restaurant did you yeah oh yeah they yeah there used to be one at, at, at uh, station square yeah but I went to one in uh I went to a French one in uh um, Quebec City
1: a French fondue place yeah really
2: it was it was like way nicer than I had any right mm-hmm. being in. To was
1: be it good? With I you. bet it was delicious.
2: It was super rich. I got to be honest with you. It was it was a little too much.
1: Would you have to eat a lot to get you know your fill?
2: Well, and but you're it. What you're eating just seems to feel very heavy. Upon, Big blobs
1: of cheese
2: upon your exit from yeah. the restaurant. Mm-hmm.
1: This is weird. In 1739, there were three times more coffee shops per person in London than there are today. That can't be. How could that even be? How many Starbucks are in London? Seventeen thirty So coffee probably exploded, right? It Was a new thing.
2: Well, wait. Does that mean because it's not tea?
1: Yeah. Yeah, because you think everybody in London is drinking tea, so how did they switch from coffee to tea? I don't. I don't understand.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Um, here's another one. Wasps are hand reared by villagers in Kashihara, Japan, where wasp tempura. Okay. Wasp tempura. uh And grilled sticky rice is coated in a sauce made of miso, peanuts, and wasp larva.
1: (laughs) You had me until you had wasp larva. Not only that,
2: but it's (laughs) our fan likes it. That's the dish to have if you go there. That's like...
1: Their specialty. That
2: It's like coming to Pittsburgh and having pierogies. Get out. It's like you go and you have the miso, peanuts, and wasp larva. Yikes. Where is this? In Kashihara, Japan. Mm-hmm. No, thanks.
1: Okay, how about this? Fees for music playing on Peloton are a top 10 account for pretty much all major record labels right now.
2: Really? That many people are using a Peloton?
1: The f- music fees? Maybe that tells you the decline of the music business, more so about the rise of Peloton. It could. Right? It
2: could. But that still has to indicate a tremendous number of people who are using that music feature on Peloton.
1: Yeah. When I see those Peloton ads on TV, yeah. it scares me. I think, uh, no, I don't want somebody yelling at me while I'm exercising or like, come on, you know, while you're on a spin bike. Right. I don't think I could do Have that. Have you
2: ever taken a spin class? No. Me neither.
1: But I've I've spun on my bike for decades. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with
1: a group of people, I don't feel that pressure. All of a sudden, I'm feeling like, you know, I'm in the Tour de France. I'm surrounded by people sitting uh, What
2: about your arms? What about them? What about if you're committed to that much exercise on a on a bike? Yeah. Which is tremendous and way more than I could ever do right now. Yeah. So I'm not trying to say it's nothing. It's incredible. But you're not working out your oh, upper you are. body. Oh, yeah. you are. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. You're holding on to that bike oh, for, for, for dear all life. All you have. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you're a professional cyclist or you're a, a, you're a, a serious cyclist, you'd be surprised at the amount of upper body strength you have because you're holding onto those bars mm-hmm. and different you know different uh, in the front on the side. Then you stand, you get a lot of body activity. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. All right. Um, I'm shocked by this. Seventy percent. Seventy percent of Gen Z viewers watch videos with subtitles. Oh. Now. I in, love subtitles in my okay, so, but in my background, subtitles were for people who were old mm-hmm. okay, no one young ever used subtitles unless you were watching a foreign film, right, but m- my daughter uses the subtitles all the time. You'd
1: be surprised. Do you use them?
2: Well, I just started to because I'm watching a couple of British shows. Yes, of course. And based on th- where they're located, I have a hard time understanding. We what always have subtitles on. Do Your you? show
3: does on YouTube.
1: Oh, we have subtitles. Well, oh, YouTube,
3: you can have it.
1: Oh, very good.
2: <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Gary, do you use subtitles?
1: No. Oh, I do. You'd be surprised what's um, music that's playing. You know that support the soundtrack supports the soundtrack or sound effects. I love sound. I love subtitles.
0: Really, yeah, mm-hmm. but
3: you're looking at the wrong place. Right, that's
0: not true. No, what I was no, thinking. it's not true.
1: A it's a skill set. It's a skill set.
3: What if the action is happening in the upper left hand corner at that moment of the mm-hmm. screen, you're but you're looking at the at bottom? The and I get what subtitle. you're
1: saying. I get what you're saying. But you know, it's it's a quick thing. Bump, bump. It happens. You're reading in a microsecond. And what's the advantage? Uh, to get all of the dialogue or all of the events that are mm-hmm. they're happening. Okay.
2: Does that surprise you, Gary? Seventy percent of Gen Z viewers are watching videos with subtitles.
3: Yeah, well, I've heard of that before. I didn't realize it was that high, but I think it's because what? They're multitasking, doing I things? Well, I wonder, I don't, and...
2: I don't, I'm, it doesn't say here why that is, which I would like to look into, but they said that's why the team at Netflix worked so hard, extra hard, on the subtitles for Stranger Things mm-hmm. when it came out.
1: Very good, very good. All right, we're doing uh, 50 Things I Learned in 2022. In August, the world's largest hog hotel opened in hubei china oh, no. up to 600000 pigs <sighs> live in the 26-story tower block eventually producing 54000 tons of pork per year the site has twice as much floor space as the shard hotel in london 600000 pigs in a 26-story building <laughs> you has got to be a of- joke there somewhere. That's a lot of pork. Holy smokes. All right. Wait, no. one more thing. Okay, I'm ready. 37% of the world's population, 2.9 billion people have never used the internet. I wish I was one
2: (laughs) (laughs) And you can watch the ride home on YouTube at the Mm -hmm. word Pittsburgh.
1: We've only done 12 of the things. That's incredible. That's
2: incredible. We're going to step aside when we come back. Records that tumbled in 2022.
11: First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000.
7: Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing.
11: Call 800-900-8000. Hi, I'm Kyle at Blindster.com. I sell custom made blinds, shades, and shutters that are easy to install at prices less than big box retailers. Blindster blinds are custom made for your windows, and I guarantee they'll fit. Don't hire a pro, do it yourself and save big at Blindster.com.
5: We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at WordFM.com, the WordFM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey.
3: Why does Trinity Jewelers Mark Helgerman
10: advertise on Word FM? Every year we've grown. Every year's gotten better. I attribute that directly to the advertising. Word FM can give you something that no other station can give you because as Christian brothers and sisters, a relationship is formed through that radio and through the advertising, and that person will drive past 20 other jewelers to come and see us. There's no question Word FM has been huge for Trinity Jewelers. I mean, we wouldn't be anywhere near where we are if it wasn't for Word FM. It has um, created such a business base for us because it's made us larger than just your neighborhood jeweler. It's made us citywide. I feel like in a lot of cases with other advertising venues that it's more just make the sale, make the sale, get them to advertise. Whereas I think at Word... There's no question. I feel like Word FM is committed to making the businesses they advertise for a success. Isn't it time you advertised on Word
3: FM? Call 412-937-1500.
5: Hi, I'm Kelsey Wiggins, a teacher in Gilmore city Bradgate School District in Iowa. Thanks to a science, technology, engineering, and math grant sponsored by Bear Fund, we renovated an old locker room into a Monarch Butterfly incubator providing students with access to innovative technology that engages and inspires them. I encourage farmers to nominate a school district to apply for a $15,000 grow rural
9: education grant by visiting americasfarmers.com.
1: According to MSN, 2022 was a year of tumbling. Records were broken for any number of things um, how about this? Mm, North Korea fired a record number of missiles into the Sea of Japan in response to a large-scale joint military exercise. An intense peak saw North Korea fire 23 missiles in a 24-hour period on November 22nd. How about that?
2: How do I read the news every day and not like I don't? I don't, I didn't know that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Marilyn Monroe was a big hitter. Uh, One of her photo portraits by Andy Warhol sold for 195 million dollars, making it the most expensive 20th century artwork. Andy Warhol, Marilyn Monroe, 100.
2: That's crazy. We're talking about records that tumbled in 2022. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Let's see. In November, the world's population, which numbered 2.5 billion in 1950, exceeded 8 billion you knew that right and they're saying nine billion here in maybe a decade or so uh, Not the art if
2: Japan has anything to say about it
1: the art collection of Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen which included works by Cezanne Clint, which is Van Gogh a, which is
2: an a shocking collection by one person when you read about it, I could, I can't, I couldn't even get my head around what he owned.
1: Do you think he had him in a house? I don't know, a mansion somewhere,
2: or five mansions? You'd need five mansions to show that.
1: His entire art collection sold for one point six two billion dollars. Well, look, I mean, shocking. If one piece of Marilyn Monroe sold for one hundred ninety-five million dollars,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. You're looking at Cezanne or right Mm -hmm. Monet or whatever. They're gonna bring in a lot of cash of
1: course you knew this after 70 years on the throne this record tumbled britain's longest serving monarch passed away at age 96 70 years on the throne we'll never see that again no right Mm-mm. uh before her massive state funeral an estimated quarter of a million people queued around the clock to view the coffin as it lay in state mm-hmm. i don't know uh, do you know the band uh midnights i don't the tenth album by the U.S. megastar Midnight's, who Mega. are they, caused such a frenzy that Spotify broke down as more fans sought to listen to it over a single day than any other album. The Midnight's, I, I've never heard of the Midnight. Not, not don't think.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm still so listening that, to Steely Dan. So, is
2: I'm, it the Midnight singular?
1: No, they're, they're saying Midnight's. Okay, Midnight's. You see it?
2: Uh, yeah, it, it says it's the midnight. Okay. Tyler Lyle, a songwriter from the Deep South, and Tim McEwen, a producer from Denmark. Really? Yeah, I, do, I have to say, I mega stars. I don't know anything about. that. What them. kind of music
1: would that be? I wonder. Well, it well, says it's Ma-
2: synth synthwave band. Synth. Yeah. Is that Tyler so Lyle's synth. based in uh, Atlanta?
1: Is that like uh, what's the Christmas band? You know. Um, the Christmas band. Yeah, you know. They always come out at Christmas time. A Siberian. Oh, the Siberian Cybe- oh, that thing. That's yeah. isn't that
12: Cynthia? Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: that's kind of. Is it the same sort of thing? I have no idea. People love that stuff, don't they? Yeah,
2: don't we're giving know. away
1: tickets. Yeah. Oh, oh, we are. We're giving yep. away tickets.
2: The right. mean, the Royal Siberian Orchestra.
1: We are. Yes.
4: <laughs> Fantastic. So don't make fun of them. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, Uh-oh. I mean, Uh-oh. Well,
2: what does somebody care what John thinks about this? Is yeah. they sell like about ten million. Well, tickets I might be a in year. management's
1: office tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> we're
2: crying out loud. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just saying, it's, you know, it's not my cup of tea. No, could... it's
2: okay. The Midnight's not your thing either. I have to look them up tonight and figure out I mean, what we're missing out on.
12: Say goodnight, John. Uh, Good night, Gary. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good night, John.
3: The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. This is Jerry Boyer
5: from.